Welcome back to the Drake and Josh podcast. My name is Joshua Sinus Infection Parker. This is Drake 16 Minutes Late Gooding. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I think we're going to start uh, We're gonna start that from now on. Um, this is just another episode of, of the podcast and hoping that we don't get copyright striked um, by the show that might have something to do with our name. I don't think so. Your they, name they is Josh. My name is Drake. Exactly. Drake and Josh. It seems pretty logical. It, is, it does. It does seem logical, doesn't it? Um, that's, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think we're fine. Yeah, so so today we're going to be talking about why. Why Why do we do this? Why are we here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, why, why, are you watch, why are you listening to this right now? Why? Well, why? <laughs> Literally. Exactly. Um, so, Josh, I'd like, to tell, I'd like you to tell me about your why. My why, my personal why. Yeah, that's you... very personal. You should buy me dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do I mean, you, we, why we, do, you we do have... these things? Why do we do these things? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, Drake. Because that's exactly what we're talking about today: is whys and why having a why is so important. It's like a, it's like Inception. It's, it's like multiple whys. Um, but in, in all seriousness, though, having a why is extremely important, and I think that's something that we. It's something that's so simple, but it's something that we skip out on a lot of times. And having that reason for doing something, and I don't just mean, hey, I'm going to clean up the dishwasher because my mom told me to. You know, like that's that's not necessarily what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, you know, why, like your why for why you get up in the morning and and you know go to work. You know, you might have to, but what are you contributing to, and like what's the bigger picture there, and and sort of a deeper a deeper connection to that. For me, what you know, my my why with with this and um, with the podcast, or whether it's like the Facebook group that I do, or um, just like the coaching that I've done in the past, those things like that. Like my personal why and what I think about for why I'm doing these things is, you know, I, I think about people that are that are so have so much potential, um, but they are always going to be inhibited by like things like mental health or. Um, maybe um, poor societal standards or, you know, a good, good social group, things like that. Uh, like the mental and social aspects that, that are holding these people back that, you know, are they're not going to be able to, they're not, they're not that they aren't able to, but they won't achieve their maximum potential, right, because of, of these factors. And so my why is helping people like that and trying to trying to push them forward and sort of unlock that point where they can break through their their limiting beliefs or the limiting factors that help them sort of in that and so that that is something that helps me immensely because it doesn't have to just do with myself right um and that's another thing we we might talk about is is kind of having things to do with not just ourselves but other people helping others um so that's 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 part of it and i mean but also as as, as you know like there's different whys for we talked before we started this of like vegetarianism and how you have sort of a why with that and so there's multiple facets of it you know like for for me i also want to be a you know a leader and um someone that people can look up to a great example so in all all ways so that motivates me to um have you know be functionally fit with my body you know to not let myself go with that to have a lot of energy to be happy not to just to push myself but to also be fulfilled, you know, not to push myself to, you know, and, and be miserable, but push myself and be happy about it, you know. So those are some of, those are at least two really big ones that help me a lot. What about you, Drake? 
What about me? Um, well, I don't really care about people, so... That's good. It's good that we have some diversity. Yeah, no, no I'm just kidding, but... Uh, my you're, really, you're really embracing this whole asshole persona. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I, I was actually talking with a friend for a couple hours the other night about this, and I realized, like, probably will sound like kind of an asshole thing, but my why, like, I, I feel a sort of a duty to help people. Like, with Greenhouse, we did all sorts of stuff with, like, raising, you know, doing our little part, like, raising food donations for uh, homeless shelters and stuff like that. Yeah, but that makes I, you sound like an asshole. I can't, no, but I can't say that that, that was because uh, I felt bad. Like, I, I didn't, I, like, don't really sit around being sad about the fact that there's homeless people, mm-hmm. but I still feel, like, an obligation to help. What I feel, what I sit around being sad about is the environment. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is because... It doesn't really it or the animals that are a part of it don't really have a say in what we do to the environment like whales don't get to say hey please stop killing us we don't want to go extinct but like it's still gonna happen you know um i think we might be saying it just not in a language we understand that's true uh yeah but like the whale the whale population is down and the blue whale population is down like 99 percent in the past couple hundred years or whatever since since whaling became a thing um not a particularly good thing. Uh, coral reefs are, are dying. They're probably going to, if, if things continue, like be completely bleached in the next like 25 to 50 years. Then when that happens, like uh, within a, a, an extended period of time, those reefs, once they turn white, will start to rot and break down. Then you have like all of the fish that have a reef-based habitat. Like where do they live when the reefs fall apart? Yeah. Um, and also coral reefs aren't like living creatures. They're like communities of polyps and things like that um or yeah just uh islands covered in trash and plastic and and all these things made of trash and plastic yeah literally um uh yeah so there's all these things that i that's what that's what makes me sad and that's like why i want to do things in the world is to help out those um animals and the environment and stuff like that because i've been able to see a lot of beauty in my life from the environment and, and scuba diving and stuff like that. And I know that even where I'm at is nothing like what I've seen is nothing like what people saw 25 or 50 years ago, uh, not even remotely the same. But where things are heading, like if I have children or adopt children or whatever, um, I would like them to be able to experience some of what I've experienced. And that really, depending on the time frame, is is unlikely and especially grandkids like probably if things are continuing down this path like scuba diving might not even be a thing because there might be nothing to see and that's like a really a really sad thing to think about and really scary thing to think about so i think that's why i don't have like people don't make me quite as sad because i'm like we as people have done all these things to like the environment and to all of these creatures that have no way of defending themselves against us like what are whales going to do against whalers like they don't really have much of an option um so i think we've we've like used our superior intelligence to take advantage of um life forms with less intelligence or like i don't know that, that that's sort of a long like tangential thing but that's that's what motivates me at least is to figure out how can we reverse the damage we've already done and then um do everything we can to keep from doing more damage 
what's your what's your brighter future that you envision so let's say like those things you are able to make an impact on on that and then on the flip side is you know your your kids do get to experience coral reefs and you know those things do last they you know they flourish those that type of thing it's really hard to say because this is another sort of sad thing is that to actually look and think that there's a brighter future is somewhat difficult in this yeah. sector um, in terms of like, oh, we're going to have robots to do stuff for us and all that shit. Like, yeah, okay, that you, you could think that the world's going to get better in that way. But to think that like the amount that needs to change in order for us to like, okay, plastic, for example, you can't really get rid of plastic. You can burn it and then the toxins go into the atmosphere and all that stuff. That's not good. Um, it can break down, but then it's consumed by smaller organisms. Like that's something in the ocean. If, if you a plastic bottle gets into the ocean, yeah. floats around for a long time. If it's on the surface, it'll get broken down by the sun, but then it gets consumed by smaller things that are then consumed by bigger things. And then we end up getting plastic, you know, by eating those fish and whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean um, mer- mercury levels have been a huge issue for a long, long tuna, time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot that needs to be done, and I haven't really quite come up with a plan to figure out how to fix these things. I mean, I know there's there's some technology being developed to break down plastics and turn them into fuel and other things, um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of issues. I mean, there's islands like uh, Polynesian islands that are literally just filled with trash because mm-hmm. there's no um, there's no systems in place on these small islands to get rid of trash, but they're still now getting shipments in of like um, soda bottles and candy and all this shit that's just littering their islands with with trash because there's there's no infrastructure in place to get rid of the trash, but it just mm-hmm. keeps piling up. I mean, there's there's a Two really interesting documentaries, Plastic Ocean and Chasing Coral, that are very, um, you know, there might be some dramaticism going on there, but in general, like a visual, like I doubt they they decided to take a Polynesian island and dump trash over the entire thing to get a visual for a a documentary, you know, probably an actual issue. I mean, I know I've seen it um, in the, the British Virgin Islands where we were basically, there's a leeward side of every island and a windward side, which basically windward is... The island, the side of the island, the wind pushes towards and leeward is mm-hmm. the side yeah. pushes away from. So there was uh, in this one island, Virgin Gorda, I believe, there was a beach on the leeward side, and then it was a very short distance, about a quarter mile to the windward side over a little hill. So we went to the leeward side, we looked around, there's like pretty much no trash. It's like one of the most pretty beaches you could imagine, like white sand, beautiful, beautiful, you know, waves, palm trees, whatever, gorgeous. A quarter mile over, you can't see the sand because it's covered in trash. Wow. Like from it just trash floating in from the ocean like fishing nets and bottles and flip-flops and just every type of trash you can imagine. You literally couldn't touch the sand on the other side of the island because of how much trash there was. Seeing stuff like that it's like damn, okay, something needs to change here. Yeah. Um because we're literally destroying, like, you can argue about global warming. It's not something I've done a ton of research on. You can argue that that's like shifts in climate due to just natural changes in the world or whatever that's that that doesn't matter um not that it doesn't matter yeah i know what you're saying yeah Yeah, uh whereas like plastic like you can see a an island covered in trash and it's like that's definitely our fault like as human beings that's not that's not an environmental cause or anything like that that's something that we have done 
um, or diving in like, you know, the Galapagos is supposed to be like one of the most remote and beautiful places in the world, mm-hmm. you know, where Darwin did all of his, his research and all that stuff. Diving in the Galapagos, there's still like Coke bottles in the reefs, you know, that's not cool. Um, that's another issue I have with like corporatism and, and companies and stuff like that. Is you have Coca-Cola, which is like coming out here saying, oh yeah, we're such a good company because we, we do diversity training and they send out this whole thing instructing their employees to be less white because <laughs> it's a dangerous thing to be to be white. Literally, I'm not making that up. Go look it up. Um, and like saying like, we're this woke, fantastic company because, you know, we care about diversity and we train our employees. And it's like, okay, what about like the 110 billion plastic bottles you made last year that are going to litter the earth forever? You know, what about Mexico where uh, 24,000 people die annually from uh, sugar-related deaths, like overconsumption of sugar-related deaths, and Coca-Cola products are consumed, uh, like they make up seventy percent of like the the sweet market and sugar market there. Water, well, apparently, apparently it was just in the past like year or two, I think. Um, water just passed Coke being the most consumed liquid in uh, in Mexico. Yeah, how nuts is that? Coke yeah, is more than water. So. That that like all of these things tie together to be like, yeah. okay, like, uh, we, we, in my entrepreneurship class last week's assignment was on company culture. We're talking about culture, and and one of the examples is like, oh, Coca Cola's culture of diversity. I'm like, I don't give a crap about your diversity training when you're destroying the environment. Like, doesn't really core like cool. You tell told your employees to be less white, to be woke or whatever, but you're still destroying the environment and like doing all these horrible things. So that's another one of the things that I want to figure out how to combat but i don't really know how to like another thing you could look at is fast food if all the fast food chains just magically disappeared one day is the world worse off like if all of those buildings just vanished and that land went back to being empty and and whatever or all these like soda companies and if they just didn't exist anymore would the world be worse off probably not definitely not i think um so that's another thing to think about like corrupt companies not in the sense of like oh i hate billionaires billionaires suck but like popular opinion by the way it is a popular opinion it's not my opinion though i i think billionaires are pretty cool just putting it out there you know <laughs> but i'm just kind of rambling but yeah these are the i guess the things that i care about and things that i want to what's tackle good, in life what's good to extrapolate from what you're talking about is that it's it's not just yeah i mean i, I like that the environment's pretty cool you know um is that you're educated about you know, you've really taken time to go explore what you care about. So you're not just someone that's like, you know, screaming about something they don't know about, right? Um, which has, you know, is good intentioned, but it's counterproductive in the long run. Right. And um, it, it does take seeing those things firsthand. And I think that's one of the reasons why your why is so deeply connected to you is because of personal experience. And it's the same absolutely. here. I didn't, I didn't care. Like I cared about nature, but I didn't care about the environment until I went out and spent you know, three months living on a boat and was like, oh, wow, okay, there's like, you know, go to this beautiful Polynesian, and I didn't see the island that was like completely covered in trashes in this documentary, but even Tahiti, like walking around there, just piles of trash in the streets. Yeah. We walked around there for a day, before, it was our last day before I flew home, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's just piles of trash all over the place in the streets, in people's yards, it's, I mean, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, like seeing, being out in the, literally closer, we were out on our Pacific crossing, like closer to 
the the International Space Station than we were to land, and you still see plastic bottles floating by in the ocean, mm-hmm. or like diving in the Galapagos, seeing Coke bottles in reefs, like stuff like that, just like really opened my eyes. Um, or just seeing like bleached bleached reefs, like diving on a, on a reach on a reef that's just dead, like. If the yeah. like someone the way I've heard it explained is like if the Amazon rainforest if all the trees in the Amazon rainforest started turning white and falling over, people would be pretty concerned about that. But that's exactly what's happening in, in, in coral reefs with like mass bleaching events and stuff like that. Which, which as far as as far as um, um like area covered right is a massive piece right that that's being that's being bleached and and, and killed off. It's also a yeah. huge part of. Biomes, like you talked about. about. No, that's, that's, that's not, not necessarily the point, although it is like that. That's a really big issue. But what I want to point out here is that you have very specific things about this why, right? Lots of different reasons, lots of different examples. Also, there's there's something that's called association, right? Where you think of you know a picture or um, or something, or it might be a smell or a taste or whatever, some sort of maybe a memory that associates you with a particular emotion. And, and so, so you, you have, have all these different examples in your mind of things that when you think about them, you become associated with some sort of emotion that says, yeah, no, that's not okay. And then that motivates you forward. Right, right. So that's, that's something that can be really powerful that other people can kind of glean from this. Is you have a lot of different examples of that. Right. If maybe, maybe maybe one day maybe one day you're like you know what I haven't I haven't really I'm not so sure about coral reefs you know the Amazon forest that's, that's another example that's something super that's a huge issue you know yeah so you have like redundancies which is great and they kind of stack on top of each other as more and more reasons because you know life can really suck yeah so you need a lot of these different reasons to be able to pull you out of some of these issues. And, and so, so that's, that's that's a really that's a great, great point that you that you brought up. Something to, to think about for sure. Here's a question for you: Does having a why make you happier or sadder or more sad? Like when you think about it, and when yeah. you think about the scale and scope of the problem, does it uh, excite you or strike fear? I think I think this is. Most often a subconscious decision, but potentially a conscious decision that you make. And it depends what your focus is on. And I think the difference between being sort of solution-oriented or and solution-focused, rather, um, or problem-focused. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of people that really care about the environment. A lot of people that care about racial diversity. A lot of people care about, you know, all these different big, you know, controversial things. And that's fantastic. The unfortunate part of it, especially being compounded by social media, is that when you're spewing hate about, you know, or even even on a smaller scale of just saying, hey, yeah, I don't like how this is, but you don't give any sort of alternative or any sort of solution, then you're just contributing towards negativity. You're not actually solving anything, right? And I think that one of the biggest, especially on the side of human behavior and what you know what contributes towards feeling uh, helpless or depressed is when you become very when you care deeply about something that you don't feel like you have any control over and so especially in big issues now where more and more people are becoming aware of these these big issues because we're all connected right is that with with things like that with um you know like you know mass you know the, the suicide rates um, um issues with like the, the environment like for that for instance um, 
and and or or racial discrimination things things like that it can seem like some of these things are so such massive issues but it's like oh how do i even make a difference you know but the problem with that is that when things are going good in the area you know maybe new technology comes out and and it's like oh hey this is actually really great now we can use you know coke bottles but the issue is that the rate of you know, of transferring that to, you know, a better, a, a more uh, biodegradable substance is so ridiculously low, it's going to take 300 years to make you a dent in it. I'm well, making here's the other thing, though. A lot I'm of those biodegradable plastics take an incredibly long time yes. to biodegrade. Exactly. So they yeah. will biodegrade over time, mm -hmm. which is a good start. But I mean, like, if you just use cans, like, yeah. metal is not an issue. Like, <laughs> But then the, the context isn't as important as far as like, like when when an improvement is made in that area, right? Then you'll feel good. good. Yeah. But with these big issues that are currently issues that have been compounding over hundreds of years, potentially in some cases, then the times where you're going to feel good at an improvement being made is going to be you know few and far between. Yeah. Because you're going to be feeling that that detriment. But if you decide that just and this is this is what I would what I urge people to do, especially in cases like um, I was just talking to to someone um, recently about um, like you know human behavior and sort of like the dynamics between men and women and kind of like something things that might need to change as like real you know like solutions or what the real problems are or anything like that right and I think that one person choosing to act differently or act you know in a better way or take the high route and it's the same thing with within the environment right one person at a time using you know cans instead of instead of plastics for instance you know like that is how we change things because you know on a corporate level is they're making the decision based off of what the consumer wants as, as also as far as like what what's going to lower the lower um uh, or increase profit margins things like that so if more and more people do say hey i'm only i only want uh cans right then you know that's going to be less and less incentivized now, now that, is that going to take forever? forever? Yes, yes it's, it's going to take a long time. time. But also, these massive problems that took generations to come up with an amount to generally don't just dissipate in overnight, you know? No, so definitely it takes, not. It takes the collective, but my, my point with it, all of this is that is saying, hey, I might not be able to fix this all by myself, but the small amount that I can fix is worth me making that, that effort to, right. you know, it's, it's worth me paying an extra 25 cents or 50 cents for, you know, a, a better alternative for what I consume, you know, right. and then that sets, because that sets a new standard for the people around you. People say, you know what, dude, you're right. That's actually, that's not a big deal. I can do that, you know. Yeah, I might not be able to change the world, but I can at least change this it's part very of my difficult behavior. to, especially with, with like plastic consumption. Yeah. Like to say that you're not going to use single-use plastic, like, have fun getting milk or eggs or, I mean, yeah, there's like, okay, you can search, try and find eggs that have a cardboard container or try and search yeah. for milk that's in a glass jar or whatever. Um, and there are, there are obviously solutions. I'm sure there's somewhere local where you could get like glass jars of milk and go and get the glass jar refilled from the farm or whatever. Like, I'm sure that's a solution or I'm sure that's a, a, a viable alternative but it's that those alternatives are not accessible. And the other, yeah. the other issue right. is that any alternative on scale becomes difficult to manage. So plastic bags are like, yeah, plastic bags, because now we don't have to use paper bags, so we don't have to cut down trees. But now it's like, okay, now we have these plastic bags that are going to be in the world forever. I mean, killing all the trees is not a good solution. And 
you know, creating hundreds of millions or billions of plastic bags every year is also not a really good solution. So like, how do we, how do we move forward there? I know, I don't know if it was Ikea or somewhere started packaging their um, appliances and stuff in appliances or kits for building tables or whatever that is um, in a mushroom foam where it like biodegrades in two or three weeks. Like you can just put it like it's styrofoam, but you put it out in your yard and it'll biodegrade and just like plant mushrooms in your yard. I don't think that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really neat stuff like that. Um, but I don't, I don't know, know why I thought that was so funny. funny. <laughs> it's like the visual of it. The reason I asked you that, though, is because I do, like what you're saying, it, with these problems, it tends to be overwhelming, and it's hard to figure out um, a path forward, especially with something like, something that's as massive as, the problem of environmental stuff or plastic pollution or the, the things that you're working on, like incredibly daunting. I mean, if you read uh, with education, if you read, I mean, you did read, we talked about outwitting the devil yeah. in one of the first things that we did. Or maybe, did we even put that one up? Was that the one that we did and we didn't uh, put up? <laughs> I think we didn't put that one up. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, in that one, uh, we might have discussed in back in, when was that written? Early 1900s or something like that? Yeah, in um, the 1930s, I think. He was discussing these issues with the education system that were identical to what we discussed today. And it's like, okay, all, 90 years later, and these issues are still yeah. identical to what this guy is describing in the 1930s, you know? And, and also the, the thing is, and this is, this is, this is particular to that context, context is that as I've done more and more research into the decisions made that have led us to here, the more and more disconcerting the, the situation seems, the more and more hopeless it seems, and the more, because it's so deeply entrenched in, you know, whether politics or, um, um, you know, misrepresentation or, or just things like that. Um, and it's just, it's just really unfortunate. And, and to me, it seems like, it's like, this is such a clear solution like, like it's, it's, it's almost like, like how is this still an issue if it's like it's it, it almost seems obvious but that's naive to think though because there are specific reasons hidden in that um well, this is very ingrained exactly it is it is it is very very ingrained but uh, i mean that's, that's an example though but but just i mean more on what your question was is that i think it's so dangerous to get so connected or so invested in these massive problems I think, I think it's it's, it's important, important right especially in like places like America for instance where you know the vast majority of people can survive you know like we're not you know not everyone is in like the fight or flight thing although not not to diminish from the people that are but you know us people that are able to you know conceptualize and have the uh, luxury of being able to think outside of our immediate situation I think that's a gift and that's fantastic but I also think that we're making ourselves miserable by just completely, um, just be completely fixated with the exclusion of all else on what the problem is and yeah. saying, hey, this is a problem, this is a problem, this is a problem. It's just like, that being your solution yeah. is to post about it on social media and say, yeah. this world sucks because of this problem and I'm doing my part by posting about it on social media. Like, you're not doing jack shit by posting yeah. about it on social media. So, so, so you know, educate yourself. You know, become, become a, you know, an authority in that space if, you know, if anything, just by being knowledgeable about it, right? You know, and saying, and by by giving proper information and examples, and you know, because because people saying people screaming global warming 
is not helping anybody. Yeah. Because there's so much like on either side. There's the people that are the fanatical about it, and there's people that are against it, saying, "Yeah, well, like, where's your hard hard proof?" You know. So like, be educated about it. All those things. Not specific on that. A little bit of a tangent, but it's also I think there is a lot to extrapolate from that as far as what you deeply care about, and also what I deeply care about, and what kind of reminds us and keeps us keeps us focused because everyone has ups and downs, right? Like I just had a sinus infection, did did a you know I went through this cleanse thing, freaking floored me, you know for the past like week and a half or so, and um, but you know I mean I still think about like even even in a, even in a lower state, you know I'm still thinking I'm like, man, there's still there's something I can do about okay. these issues, you know. So, let's talk about this. So you said that there are times, and I can relate to this. When you're sitting in bed and you're like, I need to get up, and you think about all of like the your your why, that education system yeah. and everything, but it's still not enough. So w- what does it, what does it take to like discover or rediscover that? At least in your experience, mm-hmm. to rediscover that sort of like bit of I don't know spark to get you going again. Mm-hmm. Well, th- this is, and I've said this before in different podcasts, but I I and I would say this is true for myself. Um, I forget the guy's name again. Um, Russell, um, what is it, what is the guy's last name? Russell Brand. Russell Brand. Yeah, where, where, I'm gonna say this exact same quote as I did before because I I do think that it's so incredible. Is we need to get a different table here. This one's like moving around and stuff. Um, but he, he talks about how you know with addiction and things like that, where the temptation and the that that battle, it starts well before you're actually like really fighting it, right? Because by the time you're struggling with yourself to get yourself out of bed, then like, I, I really believe then you're already losing the battle, you know, because how many times on the first time when it's like, oh my gosh, like, no, I'm not getting out of bed. Screw that. You know, like how many times on the first time is like, no, get out of bed. Okay. Yeah. I'm up. Yeah. You're like that doesn't happen. You know, it's like, you're, you're sitting there like, dude, get out of bed. What are you doing? You're going to be, you know, all these things until finally you are absolutely going to be late for work or late for whatever yeah. or I don't know. Um, I'm watching Westworld, and it's productive because I care about AI. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, but and, you know, I I think that you know you you give yourself allowances. I I don't. I think that it's much more rare that it happens when you're on fire 100, percent and then all of a sudden the next morning you wake up and it's like, oh, man, like it just overnight it just all kind of left. I I think I do think that there are it, it might happen over two days. Or three days, or maybe you know, just the the evening, right, where you feel great, and then something happens. You're in a lower state, and then you go to bed, and you're like, oh, "Man, maybe I'll just sleep in tomorrow." No, no, I shouldn't do that, you know. And then you wake up, and you're like, "Oh man, I don't want to get out of bed. Oh my god, screw this," you know. And so I, it's like these things really matter. This progression of it, and I think it's so important to be so vigilant in the very beginning, so that you don't have a hard time. I mean. You're gonna get to have a hard time. Um, um, what's the dude? Navy SEAL. Um, David Goggins or Jacko Willings. Jacko Willings talks. He said even him, like super, super diligent guy, super uh, disciplined is what I meant to say. He says he says yeah, I have, I have a hard time getting out of bed fifty percent of the mornings. Yeah, David Goggins said pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, thing. yeah. but it's su- such an important distinction there is because at no point are you gonna reach this magical thing of like everything's easy. I wish you know. And if you do reach that point where everything's easy, then you're going to be bit in the ass because then you're going to be not fulfilled because you're not growing, you know? So when... Did that, did I, that I answer know, the question? S- sort of. Well, no. Um, <laughs> 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 so I guess, like, when, when you lose yeah. that, when, when it doesn't, when it's not enough, like, yeah. 
it it usually is not a one day yeah excursion like for me it's sort of been the past week and a half or so that things have been off and then i had a really good conversation and that sort of like sparked things up a little bit and but it didn't wasn't didn't kick me the full way into gear until like yesterday i'm about to cough i don't have covid <laughs> um and and it literally <laughs> happened like i was i said that thing about westworld because that's like something that i've I've been really into like the past week and a half, and it's just been. Get it, you like Westworld. It's been so fascinating because, like, wow, like this technology. Like, I wonder how. Yeah. How these things could be implemented in the real world, or how how far away we are from this, and it's like sort of makes me question and be inquisitive, and it's interesting. So I've been like, oh, you know, it's like kind of productive, you know, not really, but like at least I'm th- I'm thinking, and, and it's been, you know, interesting or whatever, and. Yesterday I was like sitting there and I was just like watching this. I was like, wait, why am I, why am I doing this? Not that it's not interesting or well done or whatever, but I just closed my laptop. I walked over to the piano, and or the keyboard, and I just started like playing something that was inspired because I had a, I was like listening to the intro and I was like, you know, the Westworld intro is like one of the coolest, most well done like TV show intros. You know, do you know what I'm yeah. referencing? Yeah, with like the the song and then just the way it's done is so beautiful. And I was like, I'm going to go, like, write something that's, like, inspired by that. And then just that little thing of just, like, putting that down for a second and just going and, like, removing myself and just just being inspired for just momentarily. But it was, like, it was like a five-minute period where, like, maybe I should, like, go sit down at the piano and, like, Here's work a question, on something. Though. Maybe not. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go do this. And then that, like, set me in motion to did, just... Did your creative, creativity come from stopping watching a show, right, and saying, no, I'm going to go be productive, I'm going to go sit down at the piano... Then you get in a creative state, and then you you know you know play something or create something, whatever that is. Um, or did you watching a bit of Westworld get you associated into a creative state, and then when you went to go play piano, then you were in the right state to create something? It's really, I mean, this isn't quite related to the why thing, but it's it's more um, maybe a combination of the both. It's not leaving that situation. But it's being able to just put that because like when you're invested or involved, right? You're like, oh, I just wait till the end of the episode. But with something like Westworld, yeah. it's like an hour long, so it was like taking that momentary creative inspiration or spark, and rather than sitting on it, just like stopping what you're doing and like going and doing that mm-hmm. whatever that is right in that moment. And I think that can be very beneficial. Is like when you have a, like a a bit of um, an impulse to do something. Or, or it's a bit of a creative spark, but it requires you putting something down to go and do it. Like, especially if, it, so for me, like music is something that sort of comes and goes in terms of like how inspired I am to write or create. And so if I'm working on a school assignment and I have an idea for something musical, it's going to be more beneficial for me to just drop what I'm doing and go and like do that thing, work on that piece of music or whatever. And that's, that's what, with this, like, I was just like, you know, the Westworld intro is such a beautiful, like, cool, like, piano thing. And I was like, I wonder if that one progression I wrote a while back could could be implemented to, like, do something similar to that and, like, maybe something orchestral type. That'd be kind of a cool song idea. And then a couple minutes go by, and I'm like, maybe I should go work on that. And then a couple more minutes go by, and I'm like, and I don't know what it was. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go work on that. And I just closed my laptop. I'm going, like, and then it just set, set in motion, like, okay, then I did that for a while. I wrote... I wrote this piece kind of like inspired by the Westworld intro and then I went and had a meeting with with my team for five or six hours and then came home and I was doing, you know, working on business stuff until like two in the morning last night and it just like set in motion this like creative energy that then 
translated into productivity and whatever and just got me out of this like lazy mental state yeah um but all of that and then then it was really like i'd also been feeling kind of uninspired with with the the business and stuff because like we had talked about basically i like had these ideas for these things and then the two of like the competitors in that space rolled out exactly what i'd been saying like oh i want to do this in this space because i'm gonna have this market advantage because oh these two things and then the, the com- he's trying so hard to be completely general <laughs> and, then, and non-specific that's it's and so then the, funny then these competitors come out and they're like look at our new things that we're introducing on our platforms and i'm like wow that's exactly what i was gonna do um so that was kind of like discouraging and sort of set me kind of away from like my motivation in that space but then just going and sitting down and having a meeting, talking about it and figuring out like pivoting basically and figuring out what's our next mm. strategy. Now we talked about it for like an hour before this, you know, like yeah. obviously there's a lot of- I mean, I, like I said before, you can use it as like a motivator because it's like, oh, hey, I'm on track, you know, like the best of the best are working on these types of pro- right. pro- uh, products and projects. Um, and you're you're in a similar, you know, and there's, Yeah, there. there's definitely two ways to look at that. There's that way or there's a way of like, oh my gosh, like my idea is ruined now because, but- Here's the other thing, though. That's your focus, man. I'm telling the you. The why. That's one of those things of like that's where the 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 um the battle starts, you know, because you could you totally could have been like, oh my gosh, like maybe this thing is even like worth doing. Like they just like they took my they took my idea, they stole it. You know, like that was mine. <laughs> they got in my head. <laughs> they got in my head. They they're listening, dude. And, but it, but it was literally like I was like, wow, these solutions seem so obvious in this sector. Yeah. That why isn't anyone doing them? And then it was like, oh, like two weeks later, <laughs> these big companies are now doing those things. And I was like, okay, well, I guess it makes sense because those things made sense. But now this it's like, got to think sense. farther outside the box. But in this in this general uh, <laughs> theme, so <laughs> the we, we talked a little bit about your why versus your how. And like yeah. your how can change, but your why should probably stay the yeah. same or if it's really deep why your why will stay the same but not to be too attached to your solutions yeah. or your, your hows or what's or whatever absolutely and the example that i gave you before um was like the first the first business venture thing that i well, actually both of us we did uh was legacy tag we talked about that in, in the the failures uh embracing failure but you know that was that was a really you know big step for all of us and I think about back then because, you know, writing goals down every day, that was part of the practice. And some of those goals are still the same, even though the like the how as far as what you know, how I'm achieving those things is drastically different before it was being, you know, significantly with like technology. And that was the main focus and like creating new things to be able to empower people or, you know, be able to, you know, fill certain uh, or you know, create solutions. Um, whereas now those solutions come through, you know, um, education, providing like additional support for people, uh, make shifts with, you know, whether societal or, or, uh, structural or systemic changes. And so that's, that's what I look to now because just a reprioritization. Now that came through a lot of different, a lot of different episodes of my life. And so what, what was great though, is because I had such a strong why of making a shift um, towards a better, you know, better future for people, then 
you know, that stayed consistent. And I, I that, you know, that's something that I still care about today and something that I, I still am working on. It's just that it's significantly different, but I'm still achieving, you know, the same thing. Right. Um, it's just different of how I'm going to get that. And, and even in, like I, I told you before, you know, before we started this, we're talking about entrepreneurship and how you like making pivots and um, someone, the author of the book that I'm, I'm reading right now, it's called um, um, Your Next Five Moves. Anyways, he talks about how you know, entrepreneurship is, you know, never a straight line. And, uh, or no, no, it was Kevin O'Leary that said that. And so, you know, entrepreneurship is never a straight line, but a lot of things are not a straight line, you know? Um, and so it's, it's, you're kind of always, but you need to have that end goal. What's, what's kind of gravitating towards that? Uh, yeah, that's definitely interesting. And something that, that I talked to you a little bit about is sometimes you have to, sh- you can shift a goal or something you want to do to fit in with your why if it wasn't originally. So... The sectors that I've been working in over the past year, like with Greenhouse, that was music. With this, this is also music related. Um, but with Greenhouse, I have a guy, the, the graphic designer, who's who's been working on um, basically taking the Greenhouse logo and making sort of like an emblem that has like the ocean and a mountain in it, whatever. And that's supposed to be like the, the general ethos behind everything that I want to do in the future is that no matter which sector I'm exploring or working in, it all needs to come back to the environment and nature and like helping preserve things or better the world and whatever That's from great. those environmental perspectives. But like music doesn't seem super directly related to that, right? Like doing live streams or shows or whatever wasn't directly related to helping the environment. But there was a longer term vision there with like doing a music festival and doing all these things that would hopefully impact the environment positively. Um, but I, I guess recently it's been, tr- I've been trying to reassociate the how with the why, like I know what I want to do and I know, you know, it's in the music industry and whatever, but how can I reassociate that to make sure that it's still in line with like what you're currently working on? Yeah. What I'm currently working on and yeah, how, no, is, how, how can I still align that with, you know, what I want to do with the environment? And another thing we, we talked about, um, so I was thinking the other day about like, why is it so hard to stick to? Um, a diet for a long period of time because mm-hmm. I've had to do stuff where like oh I'm gonna only eat um, like whole foods like I'm not gonna have anything processed and whatever and it works for a little while and then it's like becomes really impractical and mm-hmm. whatever um, and then I thought about it and I was like wait a second I've I've been a vegetarian three times once for four years uh, and then over the summer I did like I just decided like ah, I'm just gonna be a vegetarian for a couple for a little while it wasn't like a permanent decision and then uh, in October I decided again to go back to being a vegetarian, but this time definitely more of like a, I think a permanent thing. Um, and it's never been, it's never been like a, a, a struggle in terms of temptation, which, which is very different from a, a standard. Like if you say I'm not going to eat whole foods or I'm only going to eat whole foods and then your mom's like, oh, I just made this whatever. Or like, oh, I just got ice cream from Fox Meadows for the house and whatever. It's like, oh, maybe, maybe like, you know, like maybe I could just skip it for today. You know, like that sounds nice. Um, and it's because there's no deeper, I believe at least, there's the, the why isn't quite as strong there, especially for someone like, like maybe you or I who's mm-hmm. already in decent shape. Like we're not at the rock bottom level of, of a health where we're like, oh my gosh, I need to make a change or I'm going to get diabetes or I'm going to die or whatever. Like we're not in that, that like really low state. Mm-hmm. So our why based on just personal needs isn't quite as deep. Whereas with the vegetarianism thing, it's like a moral 
thing. And so since the day, especially specifically since October, since the day that I decided, okay, I was, I was just eating a piece of chicken because I was like working out a lot. And I was like, okay, I got to have like lean meat and whatever. So I was like making chicken for lunch and I was eating it and I was like, wait, this is gross. I can't do this. So I finished it and I was like, I'm not, I'm done eating meat. And since then, it's like, there's zero temptation to go Mm -hmm. back to it, which is very different than any other experience I've had with any sort of like diet or Mm self-control thing is that it literally was this, this switch that just in a, in an instant got flipped in my head and there was no, there's just no going back after that. It's like, wow, okay, I, I can't. And I think you can find ways to associate goals with with health and and personal goals and whatever to that deeper why, even if it doesn't quite make sense. Like for for being a vegetarian, it makes sense with the fact I care about animals and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so my thought there kind of gruesome. But like if someone came to me and was like, "Hey, do you want bacon for breakfast?" and I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds great." And so they hand me a pig and a handgun. And they're like, "Hey, make bacon." <laughs> Holy like, shit. No, I, there's Damn. no way. I'd be, there's no way I'd be able to. Would you be able to do that? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I like making it a lot. I'm just, no, I wouldn't know. Um, exactly. So, so that's like a thought. The thought process that went through my head, and that's how yeah. that that like works with my why of like caring about. That's a pretty animals. crazy visualization, man. I, it is, but like yeah. anybody I ask that to, and I and I'm not like militant about it. Like I don't yeah. care. Like I'm not trying to convince other people to do what I'm doing. It just is. It works for me because that's what but my at the same why. Same time, is. You, you tell people that. that would be, yeah. It's just a, it's a thought experiment yeah, because people yeah, are like, yeah. oh, it's a, it's a good thought like, experiment. And I'm like, okay, really well, could, could you take responsibility? Like, if that's what it came down to, or like, is the value? Anyways, um, it makes but sense. with so another thing that I've recently implemented is like, I'm not going to buy food because I was like, okay, how can I like really improve my health? And I was thinking about it in a way like in, in relation to this idea of associating a why with like a habit. So with the vegetarianism thing, it hasn't been difficult at all because just like it was a decision that I made and, and there's no temptation to go back from that. So I'm thinking like, what's something that's very in co- like very common with a lot of unhealthy food, like fast food or just unhealthy shit? It's like, okay, well, it's always wrapped in plastic. And I was like, okay, well, plastic pollution is a horrible thing. And so I'm like, okay, well, I just won't buy things that use single-use plastic in their packaging. And that just eliminates so much unhealthy stuff right away. And it's like something where, again, it's not been a question since I made that decision because I care about that thing that, that I'm associating that habit with. So even though it might not make sense, like, like if you think about like how could you deciding not to eat you know, crappy foods have to do with helping the environment? And, and at, on first I don't know, thought, maybe it doesn't, but then you can sort of search for a way to incorporate that deeper why into that habit, and then it becomes much easier. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, it's not about like, like the, the original thought process would, have, process would have been like, oh, should I eat this thing that's unhealthy? Or should I go out with my friends and get fast food or, or whatever? Because we're all hanging out at slate. And then, and then I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm in pretty good shape. Like, I've been working out. I've been running, like, yeah. like burning calories. I have high metabolism. Like, yeah, it can't do, can't do much harm to me. But now it's not about doing harm to me. It's about, like, okay, if you go to Dunkin' Donuts and get that coffee, right, in that plastic cup, that plastic cup is going to be on the planet forever uh, for a very, very long time. If it gets to the ocean, it'll break down, fish will eat it. If not, it'll stay in a landfill. That's gross. Like, 
it's not cool. Um, you do that you're a terrible person. No, but <laughs> but it's just like I think if I you were able to associate these person, I don't know how you could associate if you have if you're struggling with a habit, how you'd be able to associate your why. But that's my thought process as to how, or as to how I can make a habit sort of deeper uh, or more deeply ingrained yeah. in in my psyche or whatever is by morphing it into um like translating it into a way that makes sense with Mm. my deeper cares basically Mm. um or if you're more into the like humanitarian end of things um like you could probably look at all the things that certain companies are doing that harm their employees or um you know if you're looking at fast food companies or i don't know like candy companies that that use uh immoral labor from other foreign countries or whatever it's probably easier to get yourself to stop consuming those things or to change that habit if you're thinking about the humanitarian aspect of what are those companies doing that are immoral and then it might be a uh you might then find a solution or find a company that's not doing those things and whatever um it's it's by no means a perfect solution but it is a much easier way to eliminate like think about all of pretty much anything unhealthy that you could eat think about if it's wrapped in plastic or not like not everything is going to be wrapped in plastic but like the majority of those things are like yeah okay you could drink soda out of cans instead of bottles and you still can drink soda but for the most part a lot a lot of things are just eliminated right away if you say we're not using single-use plastic so that's that's like the thought process that i've gone through in order to use my Mm -hmm. why to like shift my my thinking about particular habits so i don't know if there's any experiences you've had that are like yeah. that or like figuring out like okay you're you're really hammering at this particular habit you want to form or particular change you want to make in your mm-hmm. life and it's not happening and maybe the reason it's not happening is because you haven't associated it deeply with that thing that you you want to change in the world or care okay. about so much and come back to the question because i think there is a lot to unpack upon like what you were saying there and some really important things that i think that um, they can benefit a lot from. Maybe not everyone is going to care about the environment as much as you or the humanitarian aspect, but there's still a lot that they can you know, improve from that. Um, like, for instance, you know, identity. And you were talking about how you, know, you being a vegetarian um, and how you know, the, those decisions just became so, so much easier for you once you kind of said, well, yeah, I'm a vegetarian, you know, like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that, you know, and because you care about those animals, then that made it so much easier for you. Um, but with, and I'm gonna write something down, because I don't, I, would, I don't want to forget it. Um, and here's one other distinction with that is, I think we talked about this in, in one of the other episodes, where we talked about, like, how everybody has something they care about, and rather than being mad at people that they don't care about the thing that you care about, support them in caring about the thing that they do care about, and mm-hmm taking action there because if everybody just decided that they have their their why or whatever and they're going to act towards it like it doesn't matter that your why is different than my why if we're both acting towards them we're both going to be improving our worlds Absolutely. in some way or another like, and we honestly we have very different yeah, very different whys and it doesn't care matter about. there's no like yeah. there's no shame like i'm not looking at you and being like oh you're horrible because you're not a vegetarian or you, whatever like i i it's genuinely don't care i i don't care at all because i care about like me personally like what um i care about myself more than you <laughs> no i care about i care about I mean, you should <laughs> um what my why is yeah. and because it relates personally to me but there's there's no 
wrongdoing and that that why isn't shared by you just like i would be annoyed if you were mad at me because i don't care deeply as deeply about the education system as you do you know like exactly anyway sorry that was i know no, you're, you, you're, you're totally fine continue. it um but so so this, this my point with identity though is identity is one of the single most you know most pivotal sort of contributing factors to why we do the things that we do if you think about like what would you say if i hand you a cigarette right now and say hey you want to you smoke yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I say no. I've never indulged in cigarettes or why? Why don't why, why haven't you? Uh because part of my identity is that I don't consume substances <laughs> and I never wait, have. Wait, tell me exactly what I what I wanted to hear. No. Uh, no, you say hey, I'm not that I'm not that kind of person. You're like I, I don't I don't smoke. That's just not me. You know, I'm I'm sorry. I, I you know, it's, a, you it's know? like yeah, I haven't I that's something that is very important yeah, to me and that I have yeah. not vaped or smoked or done anything like yeah, that you're not you're not tempted by it you no know? not like, even in the slightest exactly yeah. exactly and and so um but everyone has things like that where it's like no i'm sorry that's that's just not me you know and it's not like oh man like he has a, he has a cigarette right in his hand i don't know should i do it should i not you know it's like it's, it's not even it doesn't tax your willpower at all right that decision because it's part of your identity that you just don't smoke um and we can do things like that like you're talking about how you have that ingrained in your identity how it just becomes so so easy and i love what you said also as far as now having habits that support that because we are constantly giving ourselves reasons for you know why we believe these things right if you say listen i every day get up at 4 30 in the morning no matter what that is just me that's just what i do right when you wake up in the morning for, you know, whatever, whatever time it is for whoever. Um, and I'm not, that's not me right now because I've definitely been sleeping in because I've been sick. But anyways, um, but that, that was me for a long time. And so, well, if you, also, if you think about it, this is a really great example. Um, if I, if I say, hey, let's do, let's go for, let's go for lunch, man. Let's go for lunch. And then you show up at the designated time and either I'm really late or I don't show up at all. Right. 15 minutes late. 16, no, 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 no. <laughs> or, you know, say I don't show up at all. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, that night I text you, hey, man, I'm super sorry this thing came up. And maybe the first time you're like, you know what? I've known Josh for a while. You know, whatever. You know, and then the next week I say, hey, man, you want to go for lunch? You're a little apprehensive. And you're like, oh, fine, whatever. I'll go to lunch. Please just, just be there, you know? And then again, I don't show up, right? How many times is it going to take you to be like, Josh isn't reliable? Yeah. Right? We do the same exact thing with ourselves where we snooze the alarm, we snooze the alarm, we snooze the alarm. And then all of a sudden we say, I'm unreliable or I don't get out of bed or I don't, I, that's just, that's not me. You know, like every single, you know, cause then when we talk, when then we talk to people and we say, Hey man, why don't you get up on time? We're like, oh, man, I just always snooze my alarm. Like we're telling ourselves we always snooze our alarm. So we're constantly giving ourselves reasons and supporting these parts of our identity. Right. But it takes when you get to that point where it's like, you know, what, enough. This is not me. This is not who I am. I need to do this. Then you make that change. Right. And that's one of the one of the, the crazy things about being in that middle ground of being just good enough or being just OK is you're not feeling that pain of being way on the on the downside of something or right? being really crappy at something or, you know, you know, being made fun of for something, whatever that is. Um, and then that's really what gets people to change. So that's just that's a point there where kind of at least how I see what you're talking about right. with part of your identity. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really think about it in that that sense, but that also yeah, is that my part of your why can really become your identity in the sense that 100%. like I'm someone who cares about the 
environment and animals and all this stuff. So am I acting in line with those particular um, cares? And and yeah, I mean, there's definitely situations like no. Like uh, I knew for the longest time when I wasn't a vegetarian, I knew that like I didn't quite like it. But if I didn't think about it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's funny because I I, I pose now my... Now you very much think about it. You think about like, hey, I'm going to... If I have the handgun in the yeah, right there. Yeah, but I pose that to my dad... And I was like, I was like, okay, like, is the, is your enjoyment, like, we live in a world where you can get f- fake meat products, like, beyond sausage, whatever, made out of pea protein. The Impossible Whopper. G- like, good, it's good. Like, it honestly is. Have you had it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I mean. It's, Have you had the actual thing, though? A real, I, I don't know that I've ever had an actual Whopper. Exactly. Um, but I grew up eating meat. I know what meat tastes like. It t- it's fantastic. I love it. But... Um, yeah, so I, I posed my dad with that same question and he was like, honestly, like, no, my enjoyment of meat is not more valuable than the life of an animal, but I like meat and I don't really want to think about it. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, that's fair. Honestly, that's fair. Like if you can admit that, but then there's other people that I've talked to that just like come up with like endless excuses for like, well, like (laughs) one would be Adelie who's on here, you know, she's religious. So a lot of religious people be like, oh, well, God created animals for us too. I, like for us, like they're ours to do with what we please and whatever. And, and I, I'd like to argue against that. But anyways, um, <laughs> if that's not, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, but we're talking about identity. And, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's just something like you, you can identify with something and still not be true to it. Mm-hmm. Like I known for a while, or I've known for a while that I identify with like caring about animals and all this stuff. And yet I still like for a while was in a situation where I was just like, you yeah. know, I'd rather not think about this because right now eating meat, like I'm trying to work out a lot. I need protein. It's really simple just to have. So lean. rather you, you identify with it and you do care about it, but there's something that supersedes that. Yeah. You just said that you grew up eating, eating meat. You love meat, yeah. but you don't eat meat right now. So there's been a switch of prioritization of what is most important to you. Right, right. And and all of that, like the whole vegetarianism came from, I went hunting once when I was maybe 12. Mm-hmm. I went boar hunting with my, my granddad and my, my dad and my brother. And Did you have fun? Oh my gosh. Or was it a boar? <laughs> it, <laughs> it was, it was a boar. Um, like, I, I just had the most, <laughs> I just had the most horrible experience and i came home and i was like i don't know how i will ever cleanse my soul of, of Damn, murdering these pigs and then i was like you know what i'll just be a vegetarian and like four years went by and i was like i don't really know why i'm a vegetarian i didn't have that why anymore because i was like i feel like like my goal to start was to like repay my debt to like in a weird way to just these animals that i brutally murdered um Damn, that's uh, nuts. anyway so another thing to think about is um Maybe like the pitfalls of going after something that isn't quite in line with what you want, um, or or your your why, because there are absolutely like secondary things. Like if you really care about something a lot and you pursue it and you are successful in your pursuit of it, there are probably a lot of things that can come with that. Like say, a Tesla Model S, <laughs> um, uh, or my background right now. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right his now. background on his computer. Um, or for me, you know, like a. Like, I would love, yeah, a Tesla would be sick or a, a Ford GT or something like that. But just saying that, like, oh, my goal in life is to get a Ford GT. Mm-hmm. Like, why, though? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, it would be cool. But I think some sometimes 
I can get into a, a scenario where I'm motivated by something that doesn't exactly align with what I'm trying to go for, and yeah. that motivation will die out fairly quickly. So I don't know if you've experienced that, where like you're more motivated by something that maybe is a little bit more superficial, and that motivation dies out quickly, and that's kind of discouraging because you're like super motivated about something, and it's like, why well, don't I care about this anymore? And it's like, oh, because it really like wasn't super in line with your general thoughts about the world and what you care about yeah and also i I like i really like what you said about how like there's nothing wrong with having those things but it's better if it's if it's a part of a greater goal you know over like hey that's a milestone for me when i achieve this and this over here is what the actual main goal is of me pursuing this right 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 totally you know the why right and and part of that is because you know I, i definitely agree with you um Graduating high school on time, for instance, doing the four years and two years, that was definitely in line with all my goals, right? But I, I was so fixated on um, on achieving that that I was like, okay, that, that's the only thing that matters right now, right? Because I didn't really, really start to dream, you know, super, super big until, you know, towards the end of high school. Um, and so after I, after I achieved that, you know, I didn't, I went and picked up my diploma, you know, I didn't go, go walk at graduation or anything. Um, and I was like, okay, cool, what next, you know? Whereas this thing that I, I was like, I just spent two years, you know, working on, and this was a really, it was a big accomplishment, you know? And, and looking back, I'm, you know, I'm super, I'm, I'm very proud of it still. Um, but it was it was one of those things where like, that was the end of the, of the, of the road, you know? Like, okay, now there's something else that I need to do, I guess, but. I was kind of like, it kind of felt like I had this period of time where I was kind of like a little bit dead in the water. I was like, okay, that was it. Um, and now the reason for that is, you know, it was, it was positive. It did get me, me towards things. Um, but that was the end of the road, you know, and that's another dangerous thing with saying, Hey, all I want is a car, right? I'm going to get that car. And if it's not a part of a bigger, bigger thing, then you're going to feel that, that hit of dopamine, that reward, and then it's going to dissipate immediately. Right. Right. In some cases you might achieve something really big and it might last you know, a few minutes, you know, other things, maybe an hour, a few hours, you know, in other cases, you know, rarely more than, you know, a few weeks to a month. Um, so these things don't last as far as, uh, you know, generating happiness for yourself, but because they need to be a part of that bigger goal. You say, hey, this is a means to, you know, achieving that next step. And it's because, you know, and we've talked about this before, and I've talked about this in some, some other videos that I've made, but neurochemically, we're not just rewarded for the, the end result rewarded incrementally along the way in pursuit of that you know and saying hey you're going in the right direction this is in line with your goals you know so you know me completing each course was was really fantastic you know me competing with myself to do it faster um and me you know saying you know hey i'm going to work for this amount of time next day next day i'm going to outdo that i'm going to work for this amount of time you know um and just like competing myself with that way and you know pushing myself in that direction so that was kind of my mistake was saying that you know that was the end of it you know it needs to there needs to be something past that right you know that makes sense yeah yeah totally um but even still though you still accomplished that but yeah i guess i guess you would be in kind of a tough situation if that's what you formed your identity around and then once you accomplished that when i achieved eagle scout in uh in boy scouts where that took a lot of time money too and um you know fundraising all these different things 
And I was like, cool, it's going to help me get a job, but I don't want a job. I want to be an entrepreneur. You know? So, yeah, what, what's going on? <laughs> no, I, I, looking back on it now, I see like, hey, I'm very, I'm, you know, I'm proud of that because it taught me, it gave me really great leadership experience, for instance. And sometimes there are just fun things. Like for me, I realized that music, with the personal creation of music with writing, is something that I want to do because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I do not want to be like a rock star or whatever. I want to work on business and, and like ideas, and that's what I really care about. But I still want to make music because I, I enjoy it and like I enjoy the challenge of it. And it's really rewarding for me to make a track, even if that, that doesn't have like I'm not trying to become a, a number one artist, whatever, and say, oh, I'm going to send all my music profits to environmental charities or something like that. Like mm-hmm. that would be cool. But that's not really like that. The, uh, the why isn't there for me in order to... The keyword challenge, though, is you're not just saying, hey, I'm going to write the same quality of song a hundred times, and that's what I'm happy with. I'm, I'm okay with writing... You know, it's like you're, you're saying, all right, man, I'm in this really creative state. Oh, man, that was the best thing that I wrote so far. You know, like I, you're, you're one-upping yourself, or whatever that is for you, you're saying you're ch- it's a challenge for you, right? In some way, it might, you might not be saying, hey, I'm going to get better in, in writing music, but maybe it's it's just a, it's just it's a challenge in some way, like you just said. Right. And right. so you're growing in that, you're progressing in some sort of way. Although you're once again you're not, you're saying you're not going to be the best. You know that's not what you're you're, you're striving for. But you, your rate of progression is something that helps you out a lot. Right. And I guess where that came from was uh, I'm in a music marketing class right now, and basically this professor is talking about all these different things you have to do to be an independent musician if you want to blow if you want to like be able to create a career for yourself we're not talking about becoming the next miley cyrus or whoever we're talking about like being able to (laughs) have enough enough money coming in from music that that's like what you could do as say your full-time gig and make fifty thousand dollars a year or something like that right and talking about like oh you have to reach out to all these radio stations doing this press promo i'm like i want to do none of that I want to just make a song and put it out, okay? And then I realized, like, I have to be okay with the fact that doing that is not going to get me mm-hmm. the stardom or whatever, but that's not something I'm interested in, right? So it's just, like, also looking at what you're doing and why you're doing it and being like, okay, maybe maybe this thing is something I can do because I enjoy it. Working out was a similar thing for me, too. How, how so? So um, I went through, you know, I've gone through several periods of my life where I'll – I'll like work out like, you know, two hours every single day and between transit and, you know, like tanning and, and, you know, massage bed stuff there, I'm there for like two and a half hours and I'm gone three hours because of transit. And that's just a massive chunk of my day, you know? And then, you know, other times, you know, if I'm doing like a full body workout, it'd be like over three hours while I'm at the, that I'm at the gym, you know, and then I'm cooking all this massive amount of food. You know, there was a, you know, a period of time where I was eating over 4,000 calories a day, trying to bulk up and add and add more weight to myself. Um, and so that's kind of a prioritization of, okay, could I get into some sort of bodybuilder shape? Yeah, I could. Um, but I, you know, I should, I, you know, I still push myself in the gym. You know, every, you know, every time I go, I really, really try to, you know, absolutely push myself. But I set a timer for myself because, you know, you don't need to spend that much time in the gym in order to get the energy effects, to get the cardiovascular strength, to get the, you know, the vast majority of the health benefits. You know, and some might say that that's pretty most likely running into overtraining. You know, unless you're on steroids, that's helping you regenerate. You mean like three hours? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so at that point it's like, okay, what part of this am I am I really enjoying that much? And so I I have to set limiters on myself of saying, okay, I'm okay with not, you know, having this crazy bodybuilder physique. You know, I'm okay with this level. I'm now I'm still pushing myself, absolutely. And I still am still working on on my physique, my body, my, how I feel you know, my endurance and my energy levels. Absolutely. You know, that's why I've been doing this cleanse. You know, I've, I'm, I'm really, really working on just how I am internally and on my outside, you know, my body as a whole. Um, but I have limiters as far as how long I spend at the gym because I'm not trying to be a bodybuilder. I'm trying to get the health benefits of that so that I can do better in my actual goal, right? My actual why. So that's kind of, it can potentially be a distraction sometimes. And it sounds like that it might be something yeah, similar. Very to similar. Into. Totally, yeah, very similar. Totally, totally. So another thing, just like searching and rediscovering that, that why. And honestly, there's no like quick way to do it. It just is a matter of not giving up like being aware of like okay i know i'm not super motivated right now i don't have this like hello just don't give up (laughs) (laughs) um i just don't have this like this fire under me right now but i knew that i had it at one point and i just need to keep searching and honestly that's the only thing that has ever worked for me is just to continue looking and then you're going to stumble upon a a couple things that are going to take you out of that worse the lower state or whatever and and you're going to end up rediscovering your things and for me it was it started with that conversation with someone about the environment and all that stuff. And then yesterday, just like having this little shift in attitude or, or whatever and just being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just going to do this creative thing for a little bit. And that just like had a ripple effect. And now I feel like I'm a lot more on top of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's funny because you can know what your why is and still it doesn't doesn't do what it once did for you. Like I, I've known that I care about the environment or whatever, but it hasn't over the past couple of months, it's kind of drifted away from my central point of focus um, or my central motivation behind what I'm doing. But there's not there's not really an easy solution, though. I know sometimes it helps to, like, uh, I'll go out in the woods with, like, a notebook and just sit there and write and figure stuff out, but that doesn't always work. Like, um, sometimes going on a drive or just, like, taking time to remove yourself from whatever situation you're in and think is another one that can really help. But none of this is, uh, like, foolproof. I think ultimately finding your why or rediscovering it or whatever just comes down to continuing to search and not giving up on that and just keep it on, keep it on until, until you rediscover it and then you'll rediscover it and things will be great. And then a couple months later, you'll be like, wow, I'm lazy. Why, why am I lazy right now? And then it's like, oh, I got to re, I got to get back, get back in the mm-hmm. game, get my head in the game and like figure this out. And it's just a constant, constant like battle with yourself. But it's not. It doesn't need to be a battle with yourself per se. But like you want to work in harmony with yourself to figure mm. out um, why you're doing what you're doing and and how how you can improve upon what you're doing and then how you can rediscover your why or things that are important mm-hmm. to you when they slip away. Um, yeah. It is. It is a constant process, and and I think that's a great way to look at it. And I love what you said about being in harmony with yourself. The connotation there is that you're not. You're not beating yourself up, right? It's a it just, it's a discovery process. You're not you're not you know overly hard on yourself or anything like that, which is fantastic. Um, and I think that's another trap that some people fall into is they can get very very frustrated with themselves very quickly, or frustrated with the world or other people. Um, I was gonna say something. What? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> oh my goodness. Um, 
Yeah, the, the discovery process. I, I think. What do you? Do you have any? Do you have any words? Say somebody doesn't really feel super passionate. Oh, I, 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 I do have something actually. We'll, we'll revisit that question. Um, I just want to highlight again what you said of taking some time to get away from the distractions or the hustle bustle of life type thing to a quiet space where you can actually think. Right. With so many things reaching for our attention right now. And like, you know, uh, like video games, even, you know, you, even if you kind of lose yourself in music or whatever, I mean, if that, if I put you in a creative space, awesome. But if you're just listening to it to like blare out everything, you know, um, or uh, getting into the, you know, the, the eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep, work, you know, uh, the, these, these cycles and these patterns that we're in getting out of that pattern, allowing yourself to think and ask yourself some really, you know, riveting questions like, you know, what is my why? Like, what do I want out of life? It doesn't have to be, you know, supercharged. Like, why, why am I so freaking stupid? You know? Um, it doesn't have to be saving the world either. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It can be, it can be, like, the scale doesn't matter. You know? Right. It, what really matters is figuring out what is intrinsic to you. Because we all have something like that, you know? And, yeah. I was thinking about, uh, the other day, I was thinking about my dog, Huckleberry. And I was like, you know, this man, this little guy here. He's not even that little. He's kind of a big dog. Has never, like, Competitive every... to you, or...? <laughs> uh, every, every day of his life, right, every time you go and see him, he's just the happiest guy to see you. Like, runs up, likes you, you know, it's just so sweet and happy. And, like, the only thing this dog has ever brought into the world is joy. Like, he just made people happy and been nice and whatever. And I'm, like, thinking about that in comparison to, like, human beings. I'm like, this... This dog has had such a positive impact on just my life because I know no matter how annoying anyone is being or how what state I'm in, I can go up to Huckleberry and he's going to be happy to see me and sweet and whatever. And I've I heard someone say something about how um, there's like multiple types of people. There's type types of people to change their world and types of people to change people's worlds. And you told me about that story. Yeah, and. That's something that sort of resonates with me because I definitely think of myself as more of the type who's interested in like changing the world mm -hmm. as a whole, um, but not so interested in changing, like I want to be nice to people and have good relationships and stuff like that. But there are particular people, um, Adelie, who was on the podcast for episode three, I think, mm. right? Um, just an incredibly nice person, like so fun to talk to and just super nice to everyone. And that's something that I admire because... Uh, like if we're out going somewhere or whatever and she's talking to, just talks to strangers and it's just super sweet and nice to everybody. And that's something that I don't really have. Like I'm polite to people, but I don't feel the need to go out of my way to like be extraordinarily sweet to random people. Mm -hmm. But that's something where like the, the, that in and of itself is something that's so valuable because you make some, you honestly make somebody's day like, when you talk to them like that, or when someone receives that act of some... kindness from a stranger, I, I think that that's actually an understatement. Because if somebody, if somebody like, um, I know that there's there's a few cases like when I back when I delivered pizza, there was there's some specific cases where I still remember them now. You know, a you know, long time later, years years later, I'll remember that specific interaction where somebody was just you know cracked a really hilarious joke and was just really you know they weren't just like yeah yeah okay whatever just give me that here's this yeah okay you know they, they didn't they didn't get you know they didn't stay in that pattern right um, you know they struck up some conversation or whatever that is they just gave real human interaction which was fantastic it's a small thing and 
So after that, I realized because I am a hardcore introvert, right? So when I'm like, I go to the gym and I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I'll go to the gym, I'll have my hat. You know, I, I, I you know, I always, I always wear a hat cause I'll like, I, I'm trying to like avoid people. You know, I always have like a deadpan expression on my, on my face. You know, I go in, I, I swipe my card, I walk straight, you know, I, I do all my thing. I'm not talking to anyone. I have my headphones in, you know, yeah, avoiding eye contact. I'm just, I'm just there to work out, which has its value. But at the same time, like ignoring people like that, um, I for like a week after, after the seek discomfort thing, um, there was I think it's like three or four times um, where I just thought of a, you know, I, I thought someone, you know, look, there was there's two cases with two different two different girls, for instance. So I was like, hey, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, do anything here. I just want, wanted to say that like I, I it was not the stuttery, right? Well, <laughs> like uh, I, I'm, uh, I, no, I but I, basically what I what I said was. Listen, I'm I'm trying my best to not only think compliments, but to actually say them to people. And I want to say that I, I, you know, I think that you're really beautiful. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, that was awesome!" You know. And but I, I wasn't it's trying to go on. I didn't I didn't go on a date with any of them. Yeah. You know? Like I, I wasn't trying to, to. It was literally just I don't want anything out of this. Yeah. Right? I'm literally just saying, hey. Right. You know, or just or just super simple things. I think like that, that though can be a, a definitely a why for some people because yeah. not everybody's gonna have those like big there's desires to do big things but there's just as much of a need to do small things on a daily basis as there is to do big things because you could you could spend your entire life dreaming to do big things and accomplish absolutely nothing yes. versus if you just in your daily life focus on being really great to the people around you and not only the people around you in your immediate circle but just like everyone mm -hmm. you're going to have a positive impact on something you can do today and i'm sure there's somebody out there that can, that is able to do both of those mm -hmm. the, those things very well i'm not one of them but um like I, I don't want i guess i don't want people to think that your why has to be something i mean what do we know but i don't, I don't think it has to be something that's huge and, and massive and mm -hmm. crazy or anything like that um i think it can be really modest because those modest and this is such a weird comparison but just like i was thinking about my dog huckleberry and i was like this guy doesn't he's not like <laughs> he loves his dog guys. he's not inventing he's he's not curing cancer or anything but like just just an awesome creature and just so great you know and and the utility that he has served just to make everybody that's around him happy when they see him because it's like when you see a dog and it's like you know dogs are awesome there's two things i want to get tattooed on myself in the near future right um, dogs are awesome. <laughs> dogs are awesome. That, that's the first thing. <laughs> the second thing. Um, I wish. I, 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 I think I do want to get a dog at some point, but I'm allergic to dogs, so that means I have to suck it up. True. Thank you. <laughs> suck it You're up. welcome. That's my professional. <laughs> that, that's all advice. I needed. Um, there's two things I want to get tattooed myself. Very. Uh, I don't have any tattoos right now, but what I what I like about tattoos for me and what they mean is they give you a reminder, right? The first one is KANAI, and it's an acronym standing for constant and never-ending improvement. And it's just a reminder of, like, in those darker times, to just choose to say, like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now, but I'm going to choose to have a positive focus and work on myself. And, and whatever that means, if it's, it's taking in some sort of content or if it's doing some deep, deep, like, introspective thinking and trying to find solutions within myself. And the other thing I want to get tattooed on myself is Kaizen. And it's sort of, from what I understand, it's more of like a religious practice, but a, um, back in, oh my goodness, I, I hope I get this right, um, World War One when we dropped the bombs on, on um, Hiroshima and 
Nagasaki, Japan. Wasn't that World War II? It was World War II. Um, you know, afterwards, they were like, holy crap. This is a lot of, this is the exact words, by the way. You know, how are we going to like, rebuild all this stuff? You know, and that's when they started to adopt this, this sort of mindset of Kaizen, where it's one brick at a time. You know, and I think that as very, you know, as big thinkers, both of us, you know, we're very, we're very ambitious people, and we are people to, to, to look at the big picture on a global scale. And like we both said, like, not everyone needs to do that, and that's okay. In fact, it, you know, for your emotional well-being, it might be better if you don't, because some of these big issues getting invested in them can be can kind of bite you in the butt sometimes. Um, but where Kaizen comes into it is just remembering to take that one step at a time. You know, where it's you. You know, you change the world by, you know, being nicer to people, and then you you increase that each you know each day, and you do more for people, and then more people, more for people, more for people. You know, it's like how in the world am I going to build this ridiculous physique? It's kaizen. You go and you push yourself. You know, just a little bit more each day. You know, then you you build a routine. You know, and then you work on your diet. You sleep better. You know, and then maybe you have different friends that are also working on those things. You know, it's like how the hell am I going to fix you know world pollution? You know. Kaizen, go make sure that you're doing your your part in, you know, making sure that you're not contributing towards it. Right. Know, single use plastics. You know, maybe you maybe you designate, you know, an hour on the weekends or three hours on the weekends, you know, with your friends. You say, hey, we're just gonna go clean up a local local piece. You know, maybe then you get featured in the newspaper and then you inspire some other people to go do that individual thing. Maybe you start a YouTube channel. You know, there's YouTube channels that are literally just people picking up trash. You know, and so the point that is, like so much, that sounds so entertaining. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the point is, is that it's one step at a time, and I think we can. Like, there's so many these these massive, massive things that are that we get so um, overwhelmed by. But it's such an important thing to remember. It's like it's just one step at a time. You just you just start. You know, like you know, the, the, the there's the the famous saying. Wow, I really messed that up. Um, the famous saying. I, I totally forget who said it, but. You know, best play, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, and the second best time is today. And sometimes we gotta say, hey, like we we may have missed the train. You know, we yeah, okay, cool. You needed to work out three years ago. Yeah, but you start now because yeah. it's the second best time. Yeah, know? totally. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you have How, in your notes to talk about? If you were to, if if someone were to come up to you on the street randomly. And you say, say, hey man, I've been struggling with my like with this why concept, you know, like what what could you advice could you give me to help me with that in like either coming up with a why from scratch or you know what would what would you tell them? I really think it's just continuing to search because I I've had a a thing I've wanted to do for a long time, which is start a company, not really run a company, but start a company that's like successful and that's something that i've maintained for probably the last five years or so and ever since i was little i was always like designing new things like when i was young i was like oh, i'm gonna start a lightsaber company so i designed some lightsabers you know um i didn't really figure out ago, right? a bigger, yeah i didn't really figure out the tech behind that you know yeah, but yeah. i was like i'm just gonna make lightsabers so I, I had this like sketch i think i actually still have it of I was probably like like with like crayons like this, but like all these like different types of lightsabers I was gonna make with my lightsaber company. So like ever since I've been little, I've wanted to like create things, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until like spring of 2019 when I figured out like why I want to create things. 
and that really just came from personal experience like i um did not care about the environment in any particular manner um or my my girlfriend at the time had like a a metal straw and stuff like that and i thought it was really silly i was like i have metal straws um i was like Okay, just a piece of plastic, though. It doesn't really matter until you go out and then you see all that stuff and you catch a fish and you, uh, I, they caught a tuna or something and opened it up and you, its stomach is, like, filled with trash um, oh, in the middle of the ocean, you know? And, I mean, we killed it, so we didn't do it that much good either. But, <laughs> but to look at that and, and to see that, and it's not like, it's not watching a documentary. Like, my dad would be the type to be like, oh, well, they, they put the trash in there for the shot you know, because they want to make you sad. It's like, you could believe that. And it's totally possible. There's absolutely situations with documentary filmmakers that are like trying to uh, exaggerate things for the yeah. for the effect of the, the documentary or whatever. But when you open up a fish and you look inside of it and like, okay, wow, this fish is literally has a bunch of plastic in its stomach. Mm-hmm. There's no faking that. Like that's a random fish you just caught out of the ocean in a, an un, a, a very lowly populated area or whatever. Like, that's real, and seeing that stuff is what really sparked that for me, and that's been a continuous theme since then. Um, and so it's not its not something I went looking for. It's just something that came to me through personal experience, and I think that's, that's the key is that your why is going to come through personal experience. If you haven't experienced it, it's not going to motivate you enough. Um, like I could say my why is um, mental health issues, right? But I haven't experienced enough mental health issues to be significantly motivated by that beyond just um, a a surface level. Whereas a lot of people, like most people that are like really um, outspoken about mental health just in the in the media or the news or social media or whatever are people who have struggled with that themselves. Mm -hmm. That's why they care about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it doesn't have to be pain that you've experienced, but I think... I think it does have to be related to personal experience. So I, a good way to find that why probably is just to continue to like have experiences, to continue to search for new experiences. And at some point, something is going to happen where you're going to see something that clicks. And it was literally just over a three-month period of time going from like, oh, plastic straws or, or metal straws are silly, like whatever, just use plastic, to, um, oh my gosh, wow, okay, this actually is a problem. And like your your metal straw is not going to save the environment, but you know what? It's a good step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And like just like being exposed to that problem firsthand. Um, yeah, so there's not really a way you can just like think deeply and figure it out. It's just through, I think, experience and and learning. And, and at some point, if you continue to search and continue to find, and it's not like I was like, miserable my whole life until i found my why or whatever honestly i've been more unhappy since i found my why because because it's gotta keep a positive focus man uh it's yeah absolutely um but it is hard like no i i understand what you're saying though uh yeah it's it's a it's a deep deep issue um and it's gonna be hard to to figure out but it's it's not like that again that doesn't need to be your why some people's why can literally just be just having a positive impact on people's lives like if more people were like my dog huckleberry the world would be a happier place and, and that goes for me as well yeah you know just being genuinely happy to see somebody even if you see them every single day like i see that dog every day it doesn't matter when i open the door and i come home he's like oh, wow like 
that that's great. And if you were to just have that same enthusiasm for the people around you and that same care, you'd probably greatly, greatly impact. You definitely would greatly, greatly impact all of the people around you. And that's enough. Like that, if that's your why is just to like have a positive impact on all the people around you. If your why is just to be a dog, then that's amazing. Hell yeah, dude. Um, and I don't, I don't like, I don't want that to be taken in some sort of like weird offensive way. Like a dog is obviously not as intelligent as a human and cannot have the same impact a human can have. But uh, just in terms of, I think you get that sentiment probably. Like, I know you don't have dogs. Well, we have dogs. You do have dogs. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I've, had, I've had very positive experience with dogs before. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I totally get what you're saying. And and it's actually, you're right. Uh, you know, a, a, a human is capable of a lot more than a dog. And a dog was able to make you feel that way. Yeah. And a human would be able to make you feel... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's going to be a clip. A dog was able to make you feel... That <laughs> that's, that's a clip. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's funny. Um yeah, no, but but I get what you're saying. I'm sure someone could take that as to be something that's really insulting, but it's not meant to. No, 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 no. I I, I think it's I think it's pretty easy to see the, the connection there, for sure. Anything else? I don't think so. What about you? I think that people are very afraid to suck at something that they start. I've never sucked before. <laughs> gotcha. Um, <laughs> I've been very afraid of it. <laughs> <laughs> We are children. Okay? <laughs> we were literally still kids. Oh my god. Okay. In all seriousness, though, like you've you've tried a lot of different things. You know, like you've gone through a lot of different episodes of your life, and not all of them have been directly directly related. I mean, even now you're talking about how you're trying to figure out, you know, the correlation between what you're currently working on now and your why you know because it is different from what you have been doing in the past few years you know? right and so it's this constant rediscovery process and, and and kind of figuring what that is and so now you're stepping into a space where you know like you know i don't want to say anything about it um but you know it has to deal with things that are not necessarily your area of expertise or what you've been working on in the past two years, you know? So this is a little bit outside your comfort zone. And because of that, and I've seen you do this over, over the past few months or, you know, and, and longer, is now you're doing a lot more research on it. You're, you know, you're figuring out, you know, what, what you know, all these, <laughs> I'm trying to be as general as possible here, man. <laughs> Anyways, and, and I've done the exact same thing, you know? Like we talked about embracing failure, how like I've done, you know, a lot of different stuff, you know, and not all of it has been connected with, with my why. You know, and and, and those... to, to that effect, for most of the things that we've done, they have not been successful to the yes. degree in which we would like them to be successful. Yes. So we really have sucked a lot, and we uh... have sucked a lot, <laughs> which you've been afraid of. Yeah. So, but 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 that's that's the point, though, is that right. we're you know we're afraid of like what will people think of us? You know, what will you know like oh, I'm afraid to be nervous. You're like oh, well, you know like, I get that I need to be a nicer person, but like I don't want to compliment that per compliment that person randomly because maybe they'll think I'm weird or I'm sure that person always hears that, you know, yeah. or these different things that, that we tell ourselves. 
where it's like just just start just do it you know and i'm not talking about that specifically with just complimenting people it's very nice to 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 have that impact and not have an agenda like you said mm-hmm. like your agenda wasn't to go out on a date with them or anything yeah. like that but just to be nice we, it was we, like I, talk? we, we yeah. talked about that i think one time i talked about how this guy the guy at paul b zimmerman's who yeah. who commented on my outfit and i literally went home and told my dad about it and i was like this guy at paul b zimmerman's told me he loved my style and i was walking in there thinking that i was gonna look way wacky in my like skinny way jeans wacky. and vans and rolling stone shirt in like yeah. the mennonite you know hardware store and then like two months later i get a call from this guy and he tries to get me into a pyramid scheme I'm like that's why he did that and he's like right, let me get your number let me get your number Let's, you know maybe tell me when one of your shows is coming up or something and then he calls me up and he's like i have an opportunity <laughs> that you might be interested in and i'm like god damn it that compliment was not that genuine <laughs> Um, but just like, yeah, just being, being genuine with your <laughs> genuine with your compliments. Exactly. Yeah. And not, not expecting, and that's another thing that Tony Robbins talks about. And something that I'm trying to adopt for myself is to do more for others than you could ever expect for them to do back to you. I think that when you reach that point, then it's like, like, like for like, um, giving, um, like, uh, tipping, tipping generously for servers, for instance, is something that I, you know, when I'm when I'm able to, I like to tip the same amount as like I tip 100. percent Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very nice. I know where your mind was going. Dude, shut up. But what I'm getting at here is that I think a lot of times we we, we think about like, oh man, like I'm interested in this thing, but like, oh man, like I don't I don't think that's for me. You know, like oh man, like you know, like like archery for instance. You know, it might be like maybe maybe it's not your daytime job that you're going to go f- see, feel like immense amounts of of satisfaction from. You know, there, I'm an that... archer for the king. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying yeah, here, though, yeah. is is to 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 actually follow through on some of these ideas that you have for yourself. You know, it's like hey, like I want to get my real estate license. Okay, go do it. You know. Go like do some do some quick research. Like it it costs nothing to go research it and say what would it take. Totally, yeah. You know, and just to, to or to, to schedule it and say like you know what what's what's that going to cost, and you know that's that's the case for what you're actually going to do. But or maybe it's a hobby. You know, maybe maybe you are going to because not everyone is going to. I don't know. Maybe you're you're going to go work for some corporation. You know, but in what you do outside of those forty hours a week is you're going to go do something that's deeply fulfilling. You know. And so that might be what that is for you. So I would definitely say explore those things that kind of come up in the back of your mind as like, you know, that would be really cool, you know? Just figure out a way, you know, figure out a way for to make that possible. Because ultimately, one of those things is going to lead you down the path that's, exactly. that's going to... But it's it's almost certainly not going to be the first thing. Right. And it might not even be the 10th thing. Because we've all, we, you know, we both tried a lot of different stuff. And along, like you said, with experience, persistence and experience... Is, is kind of what it takes to eventually find that why. Right. Because you do need to get that experience. You're going to reach the end of one tunnel and be like, I mean, this wasn't it, you know. And then, you know, maybe a month down the road, you're going to be like, wait a second, I feel inspired by this, you know. And then maybe you'll, you'll research that and it'll be something completely different than what you originally started, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that about wraps it up. So that about wraps ultimately, it up. My, my piece of advice would be just to keep just to always be looking and always be searching and and even once you've found that thing just to continue to search and and when you yeah. lose it just keep just don't give up like looking for reasons um to believe in what you're doing or looking for reasons to um keep going or just keep searching or uh and also look for ways that you can 
if you already have your why, figure out how you can relate that to other areas of your life that you're trying to improve. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a journey. It's going to be a process like all those things. I mean, it sounds so freaking cliche, but at the same time, when you when you've reached that point, you're gonna look back and be like, wow, it, that was part of my process, you know, like, right? There's gonna be I mean, I don't want to I don't want to discount people's pains. Like there's gonna be times in your life where you're gonna like, pretty much eat shit. Like it's just gonna like you're gonna be floored, you know, it's gonna really suck. Um, and everyone's gonna have, you know, different different lows in their life. But and you're gonna be like, seriously, this is a part of the process. Yes, it is. Life is not all sunshine and rainbows. But there's gonna be some really difficult times. But that is part of the self discovery process. And I mean, it is unfortunate that these things have to happen, but that's just part part of life. You know? Yeah. And that that pain can you know validate and bring you know a better high down down the road, um, and you can you know sort of uncover a deeper meaning that you have. And so, not losing sight of that, and then when you do finally find that why, you know, not necessarily being obsessed with the the specifics of this is exactly how I need to do things, and then be disappointed when that doesn't work out. Of realign yourself with the why. What's another way that you're going to be able to achieve that, or is another way that you're going to be able to bring that into your life? So um, yeah, that's that's about it. Sweet. All right, this has been the Drake and Josh podcast. Uh, be sure to comment down below something that you know maybe like what's your why? We yeah. talked about ours, and we'd love to hear yours. And so go ahead and put that in the comments, or um, if you're listening, shoot us on, a message, yeah. or shoot us a message. A message. Um, go shoot us a message. Message for sure. And um, anything else? Last I think that's it. All right, stay, stay juicy. Here's the awkward. Bye bye.